Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're in the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us this afternoon. I want to thank our buddies at Dickie's Barbecue Pit, just like we do every day for sponsoring the opening segment of our show. We love the food. We thank you will, too, if you haven't tried it. If you have, you already know what I'm talking about. I want to remind you that Dickies will cater any event, large or small, so the next time you have something special at your home, your church, maybe just a family get-together or a business function, be sure you check out the catering menu at Dickies Barbecue. All right, we're going to be talking to Heath Hinton later in the show. Also, we're going to bring you the latest uh, from the new football staff as spring football uh, it continues, and uh, we have the latest from the uh, Zoom news conference that just took place. First, though, Kelly Sander, Kelly not on the show much the last couple of days, threatened us with a hunger strike if we didn't bring him on right out of the gate today. So, Kelly, welcome back. Yeah, if I was on a hunger strike, I'd still give you about a month uh, (laughs) to have have me back on. What's the old joke about the the doctor gave the guy six months to live and he couldn't pay his bills, so the doctor gave him another six months? (laughs) Yeah, Um, there you go. That would be my my mostly. I'm guessing you'll uh, show up tomorrow at 4th Street Bar and Grill. We're doing a live remote there. You got that right. Uh, I'm not going to miss a catfish day for sure. Uh, You got it. A couple of uh, story items just breaking, and I know that we want to talk specifically about Southern Miss stuff, but Conference USA is welcoming Coastal Carolina in the men's soccer division. Uh, of course, Coastal Carolina is a member of, of the Sun Belt, but uh, the fact that there aren't that many men's soccer teams in the Sun Belt might be the reason for that move. So, again, Conference USA announcing today that Coastal Carolina joining the conference, but only for men's soccer. And then this breaking in the past uh, couple of hours, Bleacher Report has said that uh, Russell Wilson's agent and camp have uh, <clears throat> are talking trade negotiations with the Seattle Seahawks, and one of the teams that have apparently reached out to the Seahawks about Russell Wilson are the New Orleans Saints. Oh, Luke, listen to that. Russell Wilson in the Big Easy. That would be so Russell, other teams are supposedly uh, meant, uh, interested in uh, Russell Wilson services includes the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Raiders have said they might be interested as well. As the well but could Russell Wilson Raiders. be in a Saints uniform soon? And the the trade could happen with whatever team, quote unquote, in the near future. That's that. according to Bleacher Report. So there you go. Uh, my daughter and I are headed to uh, Vegas this fall, Kelly. We're going to watch the Redskins and the Raiders at the uh, at the new the, Chucky Dome out in uh, Las Vegas. That's going to the be Raiders fun. and who? And the Redskins, the Washington um, Football Team. Oh, there that you team go. doesn't exist anymore. The WTFs. The WTFs, uh, Kelly. That's who I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> WTFs is right. Uh, uh, what do you think about that, hey, Luke? Uh, 
I, I like the. I mean, it's going to depend on what we can do. I, I don't. You're going to have to drop a, a lot of people to get under the cap if you're going to take on Russell Wilson's salary. Yeah, but 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 you guys, uh, Drew, Drew Brees hasn't retired, has he? Yeah. No, not yet. No. He's going. The, the reason they're doing that is they're working out all the all the details to make sure that they get max cap room, restructuring his contract and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean that would be that would be pretty extraordinary. Uh, I I mean I don't know if he if he's the same contract wise with Deshaun Watson, but you know when when you kind of ruled out Watson's salary, I thought that would make Wilson and, and other people you know out of the question. So it is uh, it's it's an it's a nice pipe dream. I, I just don't know if the Saints would be willing to uh, to give up what's needed to, to bring him in. Well, let me let me say this about that. I mean you you don't. You don't win a Super Bowl championship without a stud quarterback. No, you just, you just don't. I don't. I don't care what you have around them. If the way the rules have have you know been changed to favor the quarterbacks, and the fact that you know who in Tampa Bay is thinking of now playing past forty five, forty five years old. I mean, the the rules are changing to favor quarterbacks, so these guys could be around a long time. And clearly, Russell Wilson is a stud. Is, yeah, he's he's one of the yeah. premier quarterbacks in the league. So whatever, if that's a possibility, I mean, you're going to have to bite the bullet at some point and and get a stud quarterback because some of these even premier backups they're not Super Bowl caliber quarterbacks, and there aren't many of yeah. them out there. So it would it would certainly be intriguing. Want to want to uh, switch gears here just a second? Explain the Coastal Carolina situation as they come into the conference as as a soccer only. Conference USA right now has a men's has nine men's soccer members: Charlotte, FIU, Florida Atlantic, Marshall, Old Dominion, and UAB. So, so actually, uh, six from the com- or seven from the conference. Coastal Carolina joins. I didn't know this. Kentucky and South Carolina as affiliate members. So, men's soccer will now have uh i'm sorry six in the conference with those three nine total so coastal carolina welcome to to bump that men's soccer uh competition up to nine and it's kind of like you know what we what you saw notre dame do you know they were part of uh, a, a conference in football for one year with the acc a, a football conference only so that's the uh, explanation for that hey guys um some changes with baseball Friday, of course, first pitch is at 4 tomorrow, but Saturday has been moved to 1 p.m. That's a change. So Saturday game at 1 p.m. and then Sunday at 11 a.m. Friday at 4, Saturday at 1, Sunday at 11. And this morning, the starting rotation for the weekend announced. Hunter Stanley pitching tomorrow, coming uh, the, the reigning Conference USA Pitcher of the Week. Ben Etheridge, who came in on Game 2 last weekend against Northwestern State, struck out 12. He's back in the the lineup or back in the rotation, and then Bob Getty Walker Powell will right. be the starting pitcher on Sunday. That makes me think that Drew Boyd is going to start against Mississippi State on Tuesday after his nine strikeout performance in Game Three. Well, that's all exciting, and uh, glad. To have, when was the Saturday game originally scheduled to be played, Luke? Let me check real quick. Uh, I bet it was a two start. Let me let me just check to make sure. Okay, they've they've already changed it on the website, so I would assume it was probably a two p.m. first pitch, but now it's a one p.m. first pitch. Yeah, and all three of those games are on CUSA.tv. Right, I got to tell you too, guys. I watched uh, I watched the South Alabama game Tuesday night on ESPN Plus, and kudos to uh, 
to ESPN that, that whoever the announcer was, and I think I heard him say he was employed by ESPN. It was inter- it was an entertaining broadcast. It was at HD. It was a crystal clear picture. It was well produced. And uh, Kelly, it's a, it's a new du- it's a new day, man. I mean, when when you can watch midweek Southern Miss baseball games on ESPN Plus and get that quality of a broadcast, we're just in a new era of sports broadcasting, brother. But, but the problem, Bob, going forward, and this is something that all the universities are going to have to deal with, is is your for everybody sitting at home watching it on TV, that means they're not there buying a ticket. Right. You know, and, and these universities are just you know, scrimping and, and rubbing nickels together, particularly with the COVID crisis and so on. They need everybody they can, you know, to get to the, to the ballparks. And But now if people can sit home and watch it, uh, it's going to be a habit that people, and of course because of social distancing and because of the virus, people have gotten used now to staying home. But like you say, when you notice the production quality and things like this are so good, you don't have to deal with traffic. You don't, you know, right. you don't have to deal with uh, fans behind you spilling anything on you or shouting vulgarities that your grandkids might have to listen to. Right. Um, yeah. And that's going to be a problem because the universities need money. Yeah. Look, and to so, follow up on that, I want to get you guys' reaction on this. You know, This was announced yesterday, and, and this is on the Daily Journal. Uh, North Mississippi newspaper, the governor plans to roll back the state's COVID-19 restrictions in light of increased vaccinations and decreased cases could soon put more fans in seats at college sporting events. That's yesterday. Um, there's supposed to be an announcement next week. Also, been hearing from the MHSAA that possibly after these new restrictions run out on March the 1st, that high school games, we could start see capacity increasing on that. All that is great news right. with what you just said, Kelly. Right, no question. And Kelly, I want to say kudos to the state of Mississippi. We were talking before we went on the air. My wife and I got our second COVID vaccine yesterday. You're getting your second one next week. I just know almost every person that I know in my circle of friends that's that's our age has been vaccinated. Make fun of Mississippi all you want to, America, but our guys are stepping up to the plate and our people are getting vaccinated and we're seeing the results in the decreasing number of COVID hospitalization cases in our state. You, you also you also know that part of the reason is when you put it in the hands of the military, it's going to be done efficiently, right, and orderly, and quickly, and no, um, and no uh, excuses why it can't be done. That's man, uh, we we just in so many different aspects we take uh, we take our military for granted. Uh, it's unbelievable the job the National Guard is doing and it's, it's no efficiency of getting this done. All right, Kelly, we'll be returning a little later in the program. We're going to update you on spring football, and uh, we've got a lot of other stuff to talk about as well. We'll talk to Heath Hitton here in a minute. Stay with us. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Thanks for tuning in this afternoon. Always appreciate our listeners around the state and online, wherever you're tuned in. 
want to thank uh, Kelly Sander for joining us uh, unusually in the first segment. Kelly will be back on the show here in a bit. This segment sponsored by our good buddies at Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. They have the best selection of Southern Miss apparel you will find anywhere on the planet. You can shop them six days a week on Hardy Street, or you can go online to CampusBookmart.net. Our thanks to Miss Kathleen and all her great staff uh, at Campus Bookmark. We really do appreciate their support of our program. All right, Heath Hinton, of course, is the owner of Big Gold Nation, and uh, he joins us uh, today on the Eagle Hour. And Heath, we're gonna we're gonna start out here with some rather surprising, and I'll emphasize potential news, but some potential changes may be in the works for the Conference USA basketball tournament. Well, I mean, it's nothing official. I was just told this the other day. I can't get it confirmed. Um, no, but I was told that the Conference USA is looking at allowing all 14 teams to enter the conference tournament. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but there supposedly are talks that that might be something that could happen because it's hard to allow a team that's only played eight games to make the tournament while a team that has played their whole conference schedule or even played, you know, three quarters of their conference schedule to not make it. It's that's the thinking. And I I think if they do something like that, you could see an announcement in the next few days if they decide to do it. I'm not saying they're going to, but I've I've heard their talks going on. So if I was Southern Miss fans, I'd keep my eyes up. Is that the only hope for USM to get get in the tournament? What would have to happen would uh, Southern Miss would have to win this weekend, um, sweep. That'd have to be two other teams, UTSA, uh, have to lose both. And then if those two teams had games to make up, that'd have to be played the next week in Southern Miss would have to go to FIU to play a game and <laughs> travel and flight. It is, let me tell you something. You need an outbreak. Uh, I'm telling you, this is, this is crazy. Here's the thinking, though. If you're going to have a Southern Miss going to fly to Miami to play a game, why not just say, all right, we're not going to play all these single games and make teams pay to fly all over the country. Let's just make them go to Texas, put them up in a hotel. You're only talking about adding two teams, and with a bracket that you're going to give the number one and number two seeds a buy anyway, make the rest of them, you know, make the other six play each other. That's right. And and do a bracket like that. That's kind of the consensus thinking right now. So I, I think if you're talking about saving money, Sending teams to play a single game all the way across the country for standing purposes is you, you can't say you're saving money in a tournament by doing that. If you're going to spend that money, you might as well send them all the tournament. Right. And hopefully that's what will happen. Luke Johnson? Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, too, the, the bottom teams in the East and the West, Southern Miss and FIU, they've played 15 teams. I mean, 15 games in the conference. That's the most of any teams in the conference, and both of those teams. We have played uh, 22 total games, which is pretty high up there in the conference. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with Heath. 
give uh, give North Texas and and Western Kentucky, based off what happens this weekend, a first round bye, and then you know Southern Miss would probably be playing UAB or Louisiana Tech if they go west and east like that, or if they seat them one through fourteen, because there's no reason for the Golden Eagles to to go back to Miami um, when you know you're going to probably be the same seeds you are anyway. So uh, yeah, we'll 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 see that for sure. All right, Heath, um, we talked about last segment uh, the rotation this weekend for Southern Miss uh, against UConn Stanley in the Friday slot. Ben Etheridge, uh, who was seems like he was going to start against South Alabama the other night, but with that 12K performance, he slides back in the weekend rotation. Then, good thing Walker Powell is back. Drew Boyd, are you surprised uh, that that Boyd is is bumped for Etheridge because of you know Scott? Uh, you you always say this on on air too. Scott likes lefties in that rotation. I would assume then that Boyd would be the midweek starter and he would start against Mississippi State. Is that how you see it? I do, but I mean, when has Scott, uh, when has Coach Barry ever had five guys that could start a game that he could guarantee one start the middle of the week and uh, had a good outing against an in-state rival that would be great for your RPI? So I, I kind of understand this to a certain extent. Um, he does like the weekend starters where he has righty, lefty, righty. But maybe he knows something in UConn. Maybe they have a lot of right-handed batters, and he thinks that. The matchup is better. Um, there may be some, you know, there's some reasons why he went into this. I think it's a good move. Uh, look, I think Southern Miss pitching this past weekend has been uh, excellent. They had 56 strikeouts. Think about that. Four games, 56 strikeouts. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Um, so it, it, the problem with Southern Miss right now is they got to get the offense going. The offense has got to get going. There's some guys. And, you know, Coach Berry made a good point today. He said, really, this team is still full of youngins. They're, they played 16 games last year, so really they're only 20 games in with a year split after only 16 games. So they really didn't get into a flow of being freshmen. So a lot of these guys, they're still kind of going inexperienced to a certain extent. Um, right. and it's a good point. I mean, think about it. There wasn't a senior out on the field the other night. Yeah. Tell, uh, tell that, me specifically what you're looking for this this weekend, uh, improvements, concerns, pitching-wise and batting-wise. Uh, pitching-wise, just inopportune uh, walks, two-out walks, hit batters, um, wild pitch, uh, strikeout wild pitch, um, it, that shouldn't happen. You strike a batter out, you shouldn't allow him to get on first. And, uh, you know, a wild pitch allows a runner to score. You got two outs, you strike him out, and the runner at third scores because it's a wild pitch. You just can't have that happen. You don't have that happen. You know, Southern Miss maybe gets back in the game and is tied up going into the ninth, and, and things are different at that point. So uh, you got to look at it from that aspect. I, I think I want to see that. Uh, Cut the walks down. I think the strikeouts are great defensively. Just can't have uh, mental errors. Got got to make plays when they're there. Um, you know, another thing, uh, Dickerson at shortstop. I think he could have turned that double play if he'd have got the ball out of his hand. I really do. Uh, it was a perfect throw by uh, Lynch at third base. And I think Dickerson would tell you that, too, if you ask him. So uh, those things got to be cut out. But Southern Miss is going to be fine. We're four games into the season. I mean, it's it's a young team, but the pitching 
what we've seen so far, you got to be kind of excited. Yeah, we, we talked yesterday, uh, Heath, at the absurdity of people on the internet Wednesday moaning and groaning about uh, the the team being two and two. Uh, people like I guess that are not really attuned to college baseball apparently don't understand that the team came out two and two against really good competition. Northwestern State and South Alabama are very good baseball programs. So there's no shame in in starting your season out two and two against teams of that caliber. No, and that pitcher for South Alabama, that young man, that freshman, he's he's a stud. Yeah, Uh, He had a plus fastball and a 12-6 curveball that, you know, like a glass falling off a table. I mean, it was it was pretty impressive. So, and you saw once they got to the bullpen, Southern Miss got some runs on the board. So that tells you that kid's really, really, really good. Um, just it's going to take time. Southern Miss always does this, and then they'll right. And, and Southern Miss too. Heath was was one base hit away from taking the lead going into the ninth inning. Right, sure you got was. runners at second and third and two outs. You get a base hit right there. Now it's a five to four ball game, and South Alabama's down to one at bat. So, to me, that's the great thing about baseball is is how the the game can turn just on on one or two plays. And, and another play too, Heath, that uh, you know that was sort of fluky was uh, I guess I would call it the the double era in center field uh, where the center fielder muffs the ball and then can't get the throw off. You take that and you take the pass ball away at home plate on the third strike, it's a completely different baseball game. Yeah, it was just a – I don't think poor Reed ever wants to see that video again. <laughs> I, um, I think we want to burn that one and throw it away. Poor guy's a good kid. Um, it's just – yeah, that that wasn't a good look. And you're right, it did allow a run to score. But those are times in a game where, you know, errors, errors walks, free base runners, they come back to haunt you. Almost every time. You can't give teams second chances. No, almost every uh, time. You're hundred percent. And when you right. do, you're gonna you're gonna they're gonna make you pay. That, Another uh, thing I think Southern Miss uh, batting wise, Coach Barry's emphasized this is he wants to see him challenge the pitcher at the plate. Let's get up there, challenge him, make him you know, make him throw you strikes, uh make him you hit the pitch that you want him to throw to you. Stop! Stop trying to swing for the fences. That's right. You know. All right, Heath. I real quick, I don't. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I want to get this ahead. plug in. How do people join Big Gold Nation? Go to southernmiss.rivals.com or just Google Big Gold Nation and join. And you know, we got a lot of good stuff. Got some interviews coming out. Got uh, baseball articles, football spring interviews, a lot of stuff, man. Busy time in Southern Miss. All right, Heath. We appreciate you, buddy. Heath Hinton, Big Gold Nation, everybody. We're going to talk football spring style when we come back. The Eagle Hour, Southern Miss to the top. Thursday on the Eagle Hour. Happy to have you along. Third segment brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill. We're going to be there tomorrow, live on the road. 
at 4th Street Bar and Grill. It will be Bob Getty Catfish Friday. Uh, Bob will be in the studio, but uh, Michael and I, Kelly, right. may make an appearance. We'll be sure to eat that, and we'll remember you while we eat, Bob. Mm. Just like mm. we were eating that bull shrimp and, yeah. and deer sausage in the roost, we'll remember you. you we'll be live at 4th Street Bar and Grill tomorrow. Uh, swing by and, uh, and and get an Eagle Hour shirt. Glad to uh, glad to see you tomorrow at 4th Street Bar and Grill, home of eight ninety five lunch every single day. Kelly Sander joins us again, and uh, guys, day two of spring ball. In the books, and uh, what we want to do this segment is play some clips from Will Hall and uh, and let you guys respond. So here's here's Coach Hall talking about day two that just finished this morning. Day two in the books, you know, uh, fired up to get another day in. The good Lord loves the Eagles. You know, it was supposed to rain, and it didn't. And, uh, man, just fired up to go out there again and improve another day of installation. Thought we saw a really big step forward in Trey Lowe and his decision making. Uh, made a lot of good decisions today. Obviously, that's good to see. If you're good at quarterback, and obviously you got a chance to have a good football team. Uh, pleased with the overall energy level, and uh, you know saw some big plays back there on the back end. Our DB's got some hands on the ball. Of course, Jason Bradley made some plays, and uh, you know without watching the tape, I don't want to single anything out. Just excited to get another day of install in. To get another day of our culture built, and uh, excited too to be able to put shoulder pads on on Saturday. So, with that. and then he went on to say because he talked about Trey Low there, and that's going to really be the position to watch this spring, guys. T. Webb, who was out yesterday, wasn't feeling well. T. Webb, the transfer from Louisville, redshirt freshman, his first day, and Coach Hall had this to say about his first day on the practice field. Yes, and uh, you know he was functioning, uh, getting used to the speed in which how we do things. And uh, he made some really nice throws and some good decisions. Uh, he also did some things he's got to improve on, as we know. And, uh, you know, he didn't get to have that day one to knock all the rust off like everybody else did. So he had to knock a little bit off. But T's talented, and uh, he's a great kid from a great family. So we think the future's bright for him. And, guys, I guess that's going to be um, the really the, the thing to watch this spring. And, Kelly, you know, Trey Lowe finished the, 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 the season so well, and, and he provided a spark there. Golden Eagles really upset FAU the last game of the year. And But this is kind of going to be the position to watch this spring, I think. But it sounds like – it sounds like just little subtleties, and maybe I'm, you know, reading more into it than I should, but it, it sounds like for the time being that Trey Lowe is the guy. I mean, he's he's the one that the right now he's you know number one on on the depth chart is the way it sounds to me. But but you know the the thing about the way that Will Hall presents himself, he reminds me doesn't look anything like him, but he sounds like and carries himself a lot like Curly Hallman used to. You know, very enthusiastic, very intense, um, uh, energetic, and. You, just I, there's just a, there's a lot that that Will Hall sounds like to me very very much like Curly Holman did when he started on the job. I, I find that fascinating because because those guys are about a generation apart. But remember that Will Hall was raised by a football coach, so he's right. he's got that label of a younger guy, but he's not really like his contemporaries because he was raised by an old school guy. If that makes sense, so I think. Southern Miss is getting the best of both worlds in that sense, that he understands the younger generation because he's part of it, but he also understands the benefits of the older generation because he was raised by it. 
in the, in the Bob, football, the, uh, I in get the football th- nomenclature. Absolutely. I'm with you. Bob, this uh, this next response from Will Hall, I think you will absolutely love. It's actually Heath Hinton that asked the question, uh, Coach, you've, you've been around for you know the program for a couple months, and these kids, are you starting to see who the leaders on this team will be? Bob, get your reaction to this quote from Coach Hall to that question. Yeah, Will Hall is, Austin Armstrong is, and the rest of this staff. You know what I'm saying? We're the leaders. All right, and uh, and we're going to remain the leaders until these kids are taught to do it how we're going to do it. Just like in your household, you know what I'm saying, Heath? The kids don't become leading their own house until you've raised them and they know exactly how it's supposed to be done. So right now, we're the leaders. Lance Ancar is for sure a leader. We are showing these kids how we want this program to do it every single day. All right, and when we feel like that has been defined to the T. We'll hand that off to the rest of them. I think we've got some really good candidates. I'm excited about it. But, man, it's too early to hand that over right now. So these coaches are the leaders right now. Bob? Well, I, I, that's just music to my ears. I, I think that's the way things are supposed to be. And I think in today's world there are far too many families, frankly speaking, that the kids do lead everybody around and the and the kids call the shots and uh, – you know, the coaches do call the shots. The coaches are the men that are running the football program. Every time I hear from these coaches, uh, Luke, I get more excited. I, I just think I think this is the biggest breath of fresh air I've seen in Southern Miss football in a long, long time. But that goes back, that goes back, I, to, yeah, that goes back to what I was just saying, though. That, there, that was a lot of his father, it, sound, you know, it feels like to me. That, and, and Will would probably very – be very proud to admit that that's part of what his father instilled in him, that the buck stops with him. If his job and his staff are their job performance is based on how many wins and losses there are, you're going to do it my way. You know, don't you and, like uh, that Kelly? You like that, don't you? For sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the buck has to stop with somebody and, and kids respond to that. Part of the problem with youth sports today is that there are far too many parents that think if you crawl their kid's tail that you're being that you're being mean to them. You're not. You're trying to get the best out of them and kids want to be challenged. They want to know what their boundaries are because when you show them what their boundaries are, it shows them that you love them. Right. And and once a kid and- knows that you love them, they'll go to the end of the earth for you. That's exactly right. And and the way I hear Will Hall is, you know, he's pretty adamant there, but he's not a dictator. And and you kind of see that through some of the video and, and the way that he's presented himself, too. I think the way that he sees it is he, he's, he's not just their friend, he's their parent. And sometimes to be a parent, you can't appear to be friendly. You're ultimately loving them because tough love is, is that way. But what I like about him, he – he is going to lay the law down. At the same time, he's going to care uh, about them for sure. So lots of uh, last clip from him here, lots of uh, new players coming in. We've got the, some of the JUCO transfers that are in, a couple of the high school guys are coming in. T, uh, Ty Key's not one of those guys. He's coming in summer. But Coach Hall here talks about the importance of, of getting guys in early. The sim and everything. Yeah, so T-Webb's out there, uh, Lakevious Daniel, Jay Stanley. And, uh, man, I don't want to forget anybody. Uh, J- uh, J-Rob, the uh, young wide receiver from Pedal, is out there. Uh, Montre Edwards is not out there yet because of uh, uh, some health issues we're dealing with. 
okay? But, yeah, it's an advantage, you know, that they're getting to go ahead and knock the rust off and learn the language, right? The biggest advantage of being here is learning to speak how we speak. You know, just like all of us on this deal right here, we're all really good at eating cheeseburgers, right? You can tell by looking at us, all right? But if you drop us off in China, I can't even order a cheeseburger because I don't know the language, all right? So getting them here and helping them learn how to speak the language is the first barrier you have to overcome. So all of them are getting a head start on that and uh, getting them where they all order cheeseburgers the way we do it. How do you not Bob, love this guy? Really man? simple analogy. <laughs> it's uh, it's homespun wisdom from Will Hall. How do you not love this guy, Luke? I, I think he's just the perfect hire. I, I just I'm so excited. Uh, I'm so excited for the football program, and I just really think really good days are ahead of us now. Kelly, he was helping you understand that. I, I look any guy that's up for a cheeseburger or uses a cheeseburger in any analogy. He's your man, Andy Kelly. <laughs> the only, only thing that would have been better is to mention the cold beer. <laughs> Go along with it. But, but I, I know exactly where he's coming from. I hear you, Coach. Um, and yeah, but, uh, and, and it's exciting, too, guys, on the, the roster. So if you go on southernmiss.com right now, when spring started, the 2021 roster is up. So uh, before you had to kind of search around uh, on Southern Miss website to get some of the coaching bios, all of them are up there. The coaching staff's updated, as well as the spring roster. And, guys, Rakeem Booth is on that spring roster. Jock West Turner is on that spring roster. And Frank Gore has moved to – Frank Gore Jr. has moved to number three. So any Southern Miss fans out there want to look at some of the new guys? He mentioned Jeremiah Robinson, the freshman from Pedal, coming in early and some of the other transfers. It's all up there on the football What do, page what do you mean, move to number three? He is now number three. Oh, well, his jersey, jersey number. number. Okay, I was yeah. going to say, how in the world did he move to – how in the world did he move to third string? That didn't make any sense there to me. Maybe maybe his dad would have been coming in to be the number knocked, one guy. Knocked him down a couple of levels, right? Yeah, right, yeah. right. All right, well, good stuff, Luke, and a good job of getting those sound bites uh, this quickly after the news conference. We'll be back. We've got some NCAA stuff we think you'll find interesting, so stick around. Eagle Hour wraps up after this. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on this Thursday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg. DBATHattiesburg.com. Check out their uh, the spring break camps coming up and, and uh, just so much they have to offer you, your family, your team, your kids. DBAT, D1 proud to have them on the eagle hour train with us again we're going to be live at four street bar and grill tomorrow and uh, we will have some eagle hour shirts come see us and then we'll make our way out to the pete 
and watch Hunter Stanley shut down some Huskies from uh, the Yankee State of Connecticut. Hey, uh, real quick, this is pretty good. Seems like the spring football game will be open to fans. That is great news. That would be exciting to go see. Uh, We don't have the date yet. Uh, Spring ball finishes around March 27th, so expect it somewhere around that. But it looks like that the spring game will be open to fans. Excited to hear that. All right, guys, um, Luke here in Laurel, Bob in Hattiesburg, Kelly on the phone. thought this was interesting. Um, probably won't pertain to Golden Eagles unless they catch fire in the conference tournament should they get in. But the NCAA put out their uh, championship, the NCAA tournament kind of COVID protocol, really three dates uh, to remember, February 26th, March 13th, and March 18th. And what that is, by tomorrow, February 26th, every conference has to submit a replacement guideline. So should their automatic qualifier not be able to get in, they've got to submit to the NCAA how in the world are their policy on uh, filling that. So should Western Kentucky, uh, should they win the tournament and automatically qualify? Should they not uh, be able to because of COVID? How does Conference USA replace them? That's got to be turned in February 26th. If you get picked as an at-large team and you can't, you don't meet the medical protocols to, to be cleared to go to Indianapolis, you've got to notify the D1 Basketball Committee by March 13th. So if somebody were to, to get in at-large and they can't go, guess what? March 13th, you got to. So what happens after that? You can replace the automatic qualifier, but you've got to have seven consecutive daily negative tests. To, to be replaced uh, and, and to get into the tournament for COVID. If you're an at-large team, this is why we always hear these the, the first four in, the bubble teams, the first four out. The first four out would be the ones that would replace any at-large team that would not be able to compete in the tournament, and they would be seated appropriately. So basically you wouldn't plug somebody in and, and the higher-ranked team uh, would, would get in trouble in like the first round. And then here's the big one. After March 17th or after March 18th in the tournament, if somebody uh, fails a COVID protocol and can't field a team, they forfeit, and whoever you're playing moves on. Kelly Sander, your thoughts about that? There, there is no perfect way to do this, and even though we're a year into this pandemic, you know, there, I mean, there was no tournament at all last year, and we're still dealing with. You know, negative tests. I know William Carey in, in Hattiesburg, they're having some COVID issues over at the SSAC tournament. But, there, yeah, there is no perfect way to do it. Um, so I guess because it's never been done before, this is as, as good a method as any. And I'm sure once it's over with, they'll make notes as to what they liked about it, what they didn't like about it. And let's just hope, for heaven's sakes, that we don't ever, ever have to deal with anything like this again. Yeah. Bob, Bob, do we really trust the NCAA? I know we're a bit cynical on this show sometimes. It's hard. I mean, it's obviously hard to trust them, but the, the circumstances are just, they're just so unique, and uh, it's just been so trying. I think you're, I, I think Kelly's right. I mean, I, I don't see how they would have another alternative, Kelly, once things got underway. If a team shows COVID tests, you just got to get them out. I mean, there's uh, just, there's just some things you can't do anything about. Am I right about that, guys? And this is just one of those things. The, the fact, yeah, they're, they're, they're at least going to attempt, you know, a tournament. And that's, that's a step in the, in the right direction. And, you know, Luke talked about having fans at the spring game, you know, for, for Southern Miss and the MHSAA, depending on what, um, what Governor Reeves and his 
staff decide to do. You know, so the trend is definitely in the right direction. Um, hopefully, when the next academic year begins in August, we will get back to what we knew as life, you know, as normal. Right. Uh, that's what we can. That's what we can hope for. Right. And, and let me mention this before we go off the air. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is because he he released it on social media. So this is uh, this is not anything he apparently doesn't want everyone to know. But our good friend, Coach Steve Knight, who's the head basketball coach at William Carey. Uh, is um, is dealing with the virus right now, and we just want to send our prayers to him. And uh, I, I communicated with him earlier, guys. He says today was a better day. He's doing better. But uh, Kelly Sander, not a finer man on the planet, is there? No, and, and here's a guy, too, that is in incredibly good shape. I mean, he runs all the time. He's fit. He's you know he's trim, all of that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it, it can get you no matter what. You know, people always seem to think that, well, if you're, if you're heavy – if you have underlying symptoms and all that stuff has been well documented, but but Steve Knight is you know slim and trim and lean and, and it's it's kicking him in the tail. So right, well, you never know. Our best wishes to Coach Knight, his family, the William Carey basketball program, and um, we just hope he recovers very very soon. Hey, and we're Bob? confident that he will. Yes, I'm going to eat catfish in your honor tomorrow at Fourth Street. And then I'm going to go to the roost at 4 o'clock for the first pitch and eat deer sausage, and we'll remember you both places. Yeah, you know, caring guys would bring me a plate of catfish by here before the show, but something tells me that's not going to happen. Well, maybe after the Still show, waiting on those birthday presents. <laughs> yes. I'm going to shoot some pool with squag and cooter during the remote. So. <laughs> Southern Miss. To the, to the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.